Good evening and welcome to the Slanted Hallway. I hope you're all warm in your living rooms, staring intently at the radio, just like in the good old days. Of course, some of you are, perhaps, in your car, focused on the road, with the radio on as background noise, or perhaps helping to keep you awake. That listener is how the new management has described modern radio, a distraction from falling asleep at the wheel. You know, Mr. Narrator, many of our listeners suffer from an overactive sleep gland. Yes, if you ever feel tired, don't think it's from your lifestyle choices. Instead, blame science. The sleep gland has been named the number one cause of feeling drowsy in our sponsored survey of middle-income housewives. Thankfully, our friends at Jeremiah's Lobotomy and Shaved Eyes have found the perfect solution. By making small six-inch incisions just above the eye, we can completely remove your need for sleep. Jeremiah's Lobotomy and Shaved Ice, the toast smell is coming from the next room. Well, thank you, I suppose. I hope you caught that, dear listener. Hopefully that unending stretch of perfectly straight road wasn't too distracting. What's the point? Anyway, for those of you who care, we have a story. A fully written and produced story. Think books. People still love books. There's a library in every town, isn't there? I'm being told to move on. In tonight's story, we return to that miraculously-minded detective, Grant Shields, as he investigates yet another unsolvable case. We present, with pride, the cinnamon chiseling. No, that's not right. The sim... sim simum... crisca... the sim... the brown flower... I'm not gonna lie, this case is one tangled strand of spaghetti. A spaghetti that's tangled itself around over 150 other spaghettis and covered in the worst kind of bolognese sauce there is. The murder of an innocent young girl. But I'm getting ahead of myself. You see, it all started where all my cases start, with me. Detective Grant Shields, P.I., alone in my office, having just finished the Heartbreaker special and a bucket of fried eggs. Yep, it was shaping up to be a pretty good morning, when all of a sudden, she walked in. Hello, Grant. She had everything. Looks, brains, money, and a dead sister. This dame had a couple of legs like hard-boiled eggs, by which I mean they couldn't be beat and a sister who I guess had the opposite problem. So, tell me, dollface, what brings you into my office? Well, it's my not-as-beautiful sister, Henrietta Face. Oh, God, grant me strength. No, doll, you weak. Grant me strength. Now, tell me what we're looking at here. 
It's all so horrible. I just, I just, I don't know if I can speak it out loud. Well, that definitely feels like a problem. Do you think you could write it down? I don't have to. It's on the cover of every paper in town. I can't walk down the street without being confronted by the horrible truth. Oh, well, that's great. I'll just look at the paper. Hmm. My, this is horrible. They're rationing beef again. I'm sorry, Miss Face, but this isn't really the kind of case I can take on. What paper is that? Farmer's Digest. Fine, if I really have to say it. My sister Henrietta, they found her dead on the side of the road. Oh yeah, I heard about that one. Real grisly stuff. One minute you're driving along looking at the scenery, the next you're scattered across 50 to 60 feet of scenery looking at the road. You know, doll, the police, they've really been doing their best looking into this case and they haven't turned up any leads. That's why I'm coming to you. You're the best detective $15 can buy. You don't play by the rules. You can solve any case. Ah, oh, jeez. You're, you're making me blush. Okay, I'll, I'll take the case. You will? Of course. If a woman in need comes into this office and says all that nice stuff about me, how could I say no? You must really think I'm something, huh? I was just quoting the ad you placed on the bus. Well, it's nice to know those things are paying off. Well, if I'm going to do any crime solving, I'm going to have to ask you a few questions about your sister. I knew it better than anyone. I can give you anything you want. All right. First question. Where was she living most recently? Well, she lived in a halfway home when she first moved to the city. Then they finished building it and she was evicted. After that... Really, ma'am, just need her most recent address. Well, that's a little complicated. And why is that? Well, after they kicked her out, she sort of bounced around. Must have been some kick. I shouldn't be saying this. It's not becoming of a young lady. Ma'am, there aren't any here. You can say whatever you need to. Well, she was sort of going steady with a gentleman named Jonathan MacDonald McDonald. The decorated war hero? The very same. He proposed to her from his hospital bed after a plane crash, but the engagement was cut short after he raised his hat in celebration on VJ Day and got sucked into the propeller of his plane. Again, I'm going to have to ask you to keep this to her time in Milwaukee. Well, that's how she ended up here. His friends gathered some money to help her, and a small number of them lived in the area and offered her assistance if she was ever in the city. I see. So she came to the city and surrounded herself with a network of men tested by war. She certainly tried to, but she fell in with a bad crowd, and she began hanging around with lowlifes. And more than that, started dating married men. Any names in particular stand out? I've written a few of the ones she mentioned down on this paper, but there were likely more than that. I'm sure this'll come in handy. Now, this bad crowd, do you happen to know any of them? No. But Henrietta always mentioned going to a little hole in the wall right near the Pfister Hotel. Was she staying at the Pfister? Yes, at least at the time of her passing. Great! Now that you've answered my first question, I can start writing stuff down. How do you spell Henrietta? Well, this is shaping up to be something. A beautiful young woman lured into the nightlife of an unfamiliar city and surrounded by gentlemen who certainly see themselves as available. With morals like that, there could be any number of suspects. I wonder how our intrepid detective will be able to untangle this web without getting himself caught in it, like how a fly gets caught in a spider's web. And in case you don't know anything about spiders, let me be clear in saying that they aren't catching the flies to toss them back like a fisherman on a day trip. 
No, they eat them. That's suspenseful. That'll have you turning up the dial. Idle nothing's my eye. We, uh, we, we now return to the story. I began my investigation by retracing the last steps of Henrietta Faith. I walked up and down a stretch of highway they found her on and turned up nothing. Then I went down to the Fister Hotel. This place was grand, beautiful, one of the tallest, most elegant things to ever be built in Wisconsin. That observation got me thinking. How could a woman with no money and a job as a waitress at a grimy bar afford to stay at a joint like this? I walked over to the concierge and began a subtle interrogation. Hey, bud. Good evening, sir. Checking in. More like checking out some things, if you get my drift. You're staying at the hotel? Uh, no. I'm investigating the murder of Henrietta Face. I understand she was staying here for some time before her death. Oh, right, yeah, okay, yeah, she was indeed, in room 230, uh, but the police have been through here a dozen times already. Oh, I'm not trying to get into the room, I just got a few questions about how in the world she was paying for it. Okay, I'll do my best to answer. All right, then. How in the world was she paying for it? All right, now you didn't hear this from me. Not yet, I haven't. No, uh, don't tell anyone I told you, I mean, she wasn't. How long did she stay here without paying? She had been here for about a month and never paid a penny. Further, she had stayed here a few months ago under the same arrangement. No kidding! Well, how do you figure she pulled that off? The manager, Mr. McGillicuddy, he instructed us to comp her stay, no questions asked. No matter how much she spent. Well, now that is interesting. Was she running much of a tab? Like you wouldn't believe! In addition to the $50 a night stay, she ordered room service for every meal. Did she touch the mini-fridge? Threw it right out the window every night, all free. And Mr. McGillicuddy knew about this. Who do you think she was throwing the fridge at? Well, it seems I need to pay old Mr. McGillicuddy a visit. I'm afraid, sir, that's not possible. He skipped town a few days ago. Last Monday morning, no doubt. Yes, sir. How did you know? That's the day they discovered Miss Face's body. Well, it seemed like this was one of the easiest cases I ever had to solve. It was very obvious that Miss Face was some kind of hotel critic. Mr. McGillicuddy was trying to impress her, but she took it too far and he murdered her so that he could write his own review of the hotel and publish it in Harper's Weekly. There were only a few problems with my theory. Uh, number one, I was unsure if Henrietta was working for Harper's Weekly. And number two, Harper's Weekly doesn't publish reviews of hotels. And just like that, I was once again all out of options. I knew if I could find Mr. McGillicuddy, I could get some more information. So thankfully I did. Thanks to a helpful tip from the town gossip, I knew exactly where he was going to be, and I had him cornered. We're gathered here today to pay respects to a father, a brother, a loving husband, and most of all, a hotel manager, Arthur Rosencrantz McGillicuddy Jr. 
taken too soon, but remembered always. Well, shoot, now he's no help at all. I'm terribly sorry for your loss, ma'am. Is there any way you'd be willing to answer a few questions and maybe implicate your dead husband in the murder of a woman? I'll just grab some of these finger sandwiches and go then. Well, bud, you've interviewed one person and you're all out of leads. This is hopeless. Unless you can find someone willing to talk about this guy, I'm all out of options. Probably. When society turns its back on you, you've got to turn to the people whose society also turned their back on. The underworld. The world of crime and debauchery. The world a certain Miss Henrietta Face no doubt made many inroads in, too. It's a hard nut to crack, like a walnut, but just like the mighty walnut, once cracked, the underworld provides the sweetest meat. And I've got one fine cracker down at the docks. And there. Now all these crates are over here. Another fine day working on the old docks. Tony Two-Tones. Grant Shields? Funny seeing you here down at the docks at this time of day. Yeah, I'm coming from a funeral. Listen, Tony, I ain't got time to talk, but... Oh, sorry. Then I'll be on my way. No, I do need to get some information, Tony. I just haven't got a lot of time for pleasantries, Tony. Oh, I see. You want to know about the murder of Henrietta Face. Yeah, exactly. So, do you know who did it? Maybe I do, and maybe I don't. Well, geez, I'm not going to pay you if you don't know anything, Tony. I... Definitely know something. Tell me then, I'm trying to conduct an investigation here for crying out loud. Come on! Well, isn't that interesting? Big B.I. Grant Shields needs little old Tony Tuto's help. You know, Grant, I really wish I could, but... Listen here, Buster Brown. You're either going to tell me what I want to hear, or they're going to be calling you Tony One Toe, because I'm going to blast off your other toe, all right? Fine, fine, okay, jeez, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, okay? Just let me go. She worked at the Bucket of Suds near the Fister. She was seen going with about three fellas, all of them named John, okay? Two of them were married-like and had kids, so she had to keep it a real, you know, hush-hush. But she didn't want to keep it hush-hush. So she started to blab-blab, and once she got the blab-blabbing, well, naturally, word got out That's and... more than enough, Tony. Sorry, I went off on you like that. My, my blood sugar's a little low, I guess. Well, okay. Can you put me down now? Really lost my cool there for a second. So, uh, do you know the last name of these Johns? Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Ah, jeez. I really gotta start carrying butterscotches with me. This whole low blood sugar anger combo is not something I can let keep coming up. Shoot! Thanks for the info, Tony. I, I, I gotta get going. Hey, uh, I'll have a cola. And then uh, I'll take a deep-fried stuffing ball and, and uh, steak florentine. And I don't know, geez. 
I assume the peanuts are for everyone, so I'm gonna need my own basket and- Sir, this is a dive bar. We haven't really got any food. Oh, okay, I'll just have 14 baskets of peanuts then. Anything to drink? Just leave the soda gun on the counter here. To tell you the truth, I'm not in here looking for a good time. I'm investigating the murder of one of your waitresses. Which one? Henrietta. Which one? Face. Oh, yeah, poor girl. Bah, it's no use. I've got no real leads. Every place I turn, I come up empty-handed. Starting to wonder if I'll ever be able to solve this case. Normally, these things are real easy to piece together. Body turns up, I say, did anyone see who did it? And then bam, I arrest somebody, but this one is way different. No witnesses, huh? Not a one. Oh, good, or rather, oh, oh good, I mean. You mean, oh God, as in, oh God, how terrible, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Well, you seem like a trustworthy kind of guy, so I'll just let you in on the case here. See, the body was found cut in half in a very unusual way. See, most of the time you get cut in half vertical, or more rarely horizontal, but here, look at the pictures. You can't pull those out in public, my god. Yeah, but look, she's been cut all wiggly-like. It's as if her body became... What would you even call that? It looks like a map of the Pistigo River. Or two interlocked shepherd's canes? Or the letter S for Sylvester Slots. No, no way. Anyway, enough looking at these gruesome photographs. Surely whoever made a cut like that must be a genius. Why, they'd need to possess a surgeon's skill, uh, an ungodly knowledge of the human body. You ask me? Anyone with a novelty keychain from the Modern Art Museum could have done a hack job like this. That's what's making this case so hard to solve. It could be literally anyone, because literally anyone could do it. Well, not anyone. Well, that's true. They'd most likely have a motive. That's why I'm here at the Bucket of Suds. See, Henrietta was seen here with at least three different men named John. Now, I tracked one of them down. John Breckenridge, he died two months ago of congestive heart failure, but the other two are, are a little more elusive. Well, she was always here, uh, either working or spending her paycheck. I know that already, geez. What do you think, I've just been walking into every bar on the street? Well, I was, but that was because I couldn't remember the name of this place. Now, who was she with? Well, there was Mr. Breckenridge, uh, like you said, and then, uh, John Sorensen, and then, uh, Who was the other John man? I, I need answers. We got a dead lady on the street, and God knows who could be next. You said it. His name, uh, John Mann. So man cut faces body. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that was the third John I'd see her with. And since bartenders aren't allowed to leave their post, you must have seen him here. There's no such rule. Oh, so where did you see them? Here. Well, then it's settled. I'll remain right here in this seat and stake out the joint until he arrives. I really don't As a think... bonus, you get to have a sort of officer of the law parked right here in the middle of your grimy dive bar all night. Heck, it could be days. Thank you, but, uh... I, I really there don't is need no that need to thank of... me. Rest assured that no criminal activity could possibly happen under my watchful eye. But but uh oh look it's him. Where? 
he really, he, uh, he just ran out the front door. Uh, I, I saw him uh, and uh, toward the airport. Ah, jeez, he's making a run for it. Here, Barky, wrap these peanuts up for the road. Are you sure uh, he's running so fast? Gotta keep the energy up. Hurry now with them nuts. I, I got a bad guy to nab. Okay, here, just get out. Thanks. Freeze, you may be under arrest. Dang, he's too far away to hear me. Run! I ran all the way to the airport without ever once laying an eye on John Mann. I asked the fellas there if a man named John had booked a flight, and it was then that I realized what a wily trickster he was. Evidently, John had booked flights to nearly every destination the airport served. My meager resources were not enough to book a flight to every place he could be. I was so close to capturing someone who might have done it, and now I was once again at a loss. I returned to the bucket of suds to drown my sorrows and get drunk enough to inform Dollface that this may be the one case I can't solve. It's been one rough day, barkeep. It's been ten minutes. But what a ten minutes it's been. I ran to the airport, I came back. I tell you, this is one of the hardest cases I've ever had to solve. I hope you don't mind if I just sit here drinking, going over my notes and monologuing. I can't believe I'm saying this, but you're not the kind of sad drunk I want in my bar. Well, tough, buddy. I'm the kind of drunk you're gonna get until I solve this case. Now, she worked here and she spent her free time here, so I'm gonna solve this case here. Fine, I suppose. I could lend you a hand. I got two already. And that'll be the last wisecrack out of you. What exactly are you looking for? Let me review my notes. All right. So we got a time of death. We have a cause of death. So all I need is... A suspect, motive, means, opportunity, willingness, and of course... Possession of a Mexican sapatripe. A traditional knife used for gutting sheep and other warm-blooded animals. Yeah, that was the murder weapon. How did you know that? Oh, you told me. Right, yeah. So she was killed at about 10.30. 10.45. 10.45, of course, my mistake, which would have been about 15 minutes after she clocked out of here. So what I need from you is the name of every single man who was in this bar that she spoke to on that night. Well, it was a Sunday night. Not very busy. She was the only waitress on duty. So in other words, she spoke to every single man in this bar? Correct. Well, let's make a list. We've got John Breckenridge, John Sorensen, John Mann... Uh, Pat Cadillac... Uh, Phil DeSanto... Michael Ford... Arthur General Motors... Hey, bud, slow down there. Thanks to the help of my dear friend, Sylvester Suds, the bartender, I was able to compile a list of over 150 suspects. Every one of them with the means and opportunity to have committed this heinous act. It will take months to track them all down. 
many more months to compile the evidence and eliminate anyone who it couldn't be, but in the words of Albert Einstein, once you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, no matter how improbable, must be the truth. There you have it, listeners. Another mystery. Not exactly solved, but rather explored, I suppose. You know, it's funny. When this script was mailed to me, I was on vacation. When I returned several months later, it had rained and my dog had gotten to it. I reassembled it as best I could and filled in the blanks where they were. I'm beginning to wonder now if I ever found the ending. No matter. Join us next week where a killer clown is on the loose. That's it? All right, I guess that's really all we've got at this point. Good night. <laughs>